0: Well, I'm going to be on another podcast <laughs> that oh, yeah. will already wow. be out by the time this episode comes out.
1: I feel like Sophie's just rubbing it in how she's like more famous than us, Hannah. Yeah. What the hell?
0: Uh, I'm more famous with the 5 to 12 demographic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
2: shit. I really appreciate how you're doing the work to expand our brand by uh, connecting with ob- audiences that absolutely cannot listen to this podcast. <laughs>
0: apparently by this logic there's like no overlap in age of the people who like jellyfish and the people who read (laughs) ya and up (laughs) (laughs) hello and welcome to another episode of midlight crisis a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens and it's totally cool i I'm one of your hosts, Sophie, but I have a randomly generated fantasy name today. <laughs> you know, we had we had talked about, oh, I think maybe we're getting too used to this fantasy generator and it's not as funny anymore, but I, I, this one made me laugh. <laughs> I am Waltole Secret Cheeks. Aww, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Secret Cheeks! Secret Cheeks. Yep what's so secret about those cheeks
2: (laughs) my immediate thought is that it's like really wholesome but we did just have a 15 minute discussion which I cut out all about how (laughs) porny books have gotten
0: I'm either the cheeks are secret or they're full of secrets Uh, one or the other
1: (laughs) it's why they're so big they're full of secrets they're full
0: of secrets (laughs) anyway
1: yeah so I'll go to me next (laughs) My name's Sam, but today in Fantasy World, you can call me Jack My Wild Taylor.
0: <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Wild Taylor, Jack, Jack My Wild
1: Taylor, Jack, Jack wow.
0: Wild Taylor. I hate that. <laughs> Why do you hate it? What's to hate about it?
1: Jack My. Jack- yeah, I went from Jake to Jack My. <laughs>
2: I I think I'm still again in the in all the- books are porn mindset. Oh. Oh. It kind of sounds like it could be a Chuck Tingle title. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's is the American. problem
2: for me.
1: <laughs> oh, Chuck Tingle. Uh, that's, fair. that's
0: fair. Maybe the next book we read should be a Chuck Tingle but No.
1: I no.
2: Sophie, I... you're the one who hates it when we talk about dicks. <laughs>
1: I was like, yeah, I, I arguably them... read the most romance books of this trio, and arguably? like I don't want to. <laughs> no
0: we just have to bleep out the entire episode it would just be one long <laughs> bleep
1: uh, I, can't. I uh, can't it's
0: okay we'll do it when we start a patreon Perfect. <laughs> who are you <laughs> the last one the last one is me
2: my name is Hannah but my uh, randomly generated fantasy name is Zachriel Potato Strange <laughs> <laughs> Which- Zachriel Zachriel, Potato Strange. It sounds like two different genres in the same name to me. Yeah,
0: it uh-huh. does. Potato Strange.
2: Potato Strange. What a good name. I
0: appreciate.
1: Potato <laughs> yeah. Strange is good.
0: It's, really, it's very good. That doesn't sound like a name, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It sounds like a farm disease. Like, oh, my field's got the Potato Strange. <laughs> 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 yeah. you know how farmers always are
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. uh-huh yeah <laughs> uh, it's my boy Zachriel. he's
2: been with us ever since the potato strange
0: yeah that's an indie video game for sure um Ooh. definitely how about we talk about the two chapters yes we read for aragon yeah. this week let's do for it for aragon in Aragon, the book. <laughs> one of those uh-huh. of yeah of Aragon, In? yeah of re- of is actually the correct one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> great.
1: Oh, I guess that's me. I'm <laughs> 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 um, yes. So chapter uh, fifty-seven, the shadows lengthen. Well, we finally get to the climax of this <laughs> book, which I've been mm. yelling about. That's been missing for I don't even know how many episodes now. But alas, here we are. Aragon and Sephira are awoken by a frantic dwarf who summons them on behalf of Ajahad. Ajahad has now gathered his five most important people in the mountain to notify them that the Urgels have infiltrated the tunnels underneath Trondheim and are on their way to attack the city from below, which I will give Poloni... Polony poloni. you know, know. <laughs> it was a kind of cool concept because, like, I don't think I've actually ever seen that before of like someone attacking from below. So I was like, "All right, all right, okay, cool." Anyways, so their solution to try to slow this down or you know try to stop them is to collapse a number of tunnels um, before the ergles can get through them. But they have to do this without destroying tunnels that are structurally integrated integral, wow, I can't speak today But blame, anyways. Integral. They're important for the structure of (laughs) (laughs)
0: Tronchheim.
1: So it keeps it together. Uh Anyways, so Aragorn and Sephira go about and do exactly that, and destroy a bunch of tunnels. And then once they finish that, they head back to the main army group where they're helping with a bunch of other preparations to get ready for it. And then they decide to get some sleep before the big fight, and in a shocking turn of events, the chapter Uh ends with Aragorn waking up.
0: Oh my Whoa. God, right?
1: It's a shocker. It's a big day. To be fair,
2: it also ends with him falling asleep.
1: And I know, but like the last sentence <laughs> was
2: him waking up. <laughs> so <laughs> like sleep and wakes up in the same paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like... Wow.
1: So we're going to take it as, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a mix up. We're getting a change here and like yeah. it only took 57 chapters, oh but God. here we
0: are i feel like i
1: need to do some stats on the uh
0: yeah count chapters. Okay. yeah that would be funny yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be the worst because you'll do it and it'll be like actually there were like less than half of the chapters he fell asleep and we're gonna be like
2: Shit. i refuse yeah. to believe
0: that <laughs>
2: that can't possibly be
0: true there's no, no way
2: no okay anyway the next chapter is called battle under farthendor And as you might expect, the battle has begun! The Urgles begin emerging from the three open entry points that they left when they were collapsing the tunnels. And though the Varden and Dwarvish forces fight well, the Urgles just keep coming. There's just so many of them. Aragorn and Sephira are a key part of the fight using Aragorn's Mm swordsmanship and magic and Sephira's size and crucially her ability to fly to their advantage. And they move around on a bit on the battlefield, helping whichever group seems to be doing poorly. They notice that the Urgles have no clear leader, which everyone finds weird and concerning. Murtag, Angela, and Arya all have a couple of bad moments apiece. The twins mentally call Aragorn and Arya back to Trondheim because it sounds like the Urgles are digging upwards into the city, which was something they were trying to avoid. And on the way, Sephira is injured, but makes it to the dragon hold, at which point Aragon laments that he is so far from the lower level of Trondheim. <laughs> so you know what that means. It's slide time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aragon goes down the big slide. And uh, after he dizzily picks himself up off the ground floor, so to speak, uh, the floor explodes and a band of Urgals pours out along with Durza the Shade, who is, as a matter of fact, not dead. Aragon and Durza engage in a fierce battle, during which we get a little bit of Durza backstory that nobody asked for.
0: Aragon <laughs> takes a
2: deep slash across his back and is about to die when Saphira and Arya appear from above, smashing through the star fi- star sapphire and distracting Durza for just long enough that Aragon is able to brisingr sword stab him right through the heart. <laughs> at which point, Durza dies extremely dramatically, and Aragon uh, passes out. <laughs> Wow. Nice. Dramatique. Dramatique. I need a drink. That was a long
0: one. (laughs) Those were a lot of words.
1: I mean, it was a long chapter.
0: They were both long chapters.
1: It only took 58 chapters to finally, like, you know get somewhere (laughs)
2: yeah the plot finally happened
1: (laughs) yeah I mean I shouldn't be so mean about it because like there were a bunch of like action scenes and stuff like happening throughout but it was just like the last few chapters have just been so much like we're just up with the Vard and exploring Tron's time like nothing big happening that I'm just like how is this book going to end
0: (laughs) (laughs) what is happening what is going to end in two chapters that's yeah
2: the whole plot Yeah. That's it. The whole plot happens right here in these two chapters. So it's basically just a big battle. Yeah. And I guess the preparations for the big battle.
0: Yeah, I my main question is so the beginning of the first chapter that we read, they're just like, Wow, the Urgles, they're it turns out they're in the tunnels and we're gonna be attacked from below. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you made your like literally Tronchheim (laughs) is supposed to be this place where like all the dwarves in alagasia can come to hide and they didn't make a way to like block off all the tunnels
1: yeah right i also had that thought help. like, the hell? like- <laughs> yeah there's
2: a whole thing that they're like how did they even get into these tunnels like how are they getting here and auric explains that there are so many tunnels that like dwarves apparently just go tunneling around and like there are so many tunnels all over the place that have never been used since yeah. they were dug. I was like, what the hell?
0: Yeah, <laughs> what is and going like on? and like you're you're in a like century long war with this guy. Yeah. Did you not think to maybe like purposefully shut down a bunch of tunnels? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: a security issue for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it, it's wild that they went through the whole again, as you mentioned, built this city to safely house the entire the entire race of people. They built it within a mountain that is so tall it is physiologically impossible to like fly <laughs> over it and get inside. There should only be like one or two ways in and out, right? For security yeah. reasons. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh no, dwarves are just like mole rats and they dig tunnels for no reason <laughs> and like <Yeah. laughs> sometimes Urgles come into those tunnels and it's like ah sheesh like
0: who could have predicted this what happened (laughs) (laughs) yeah and also there are like this becomes an issue obviously in the second chapter but like Mm -hmm. they're like yeah there's just so many tunnels under tronchheim they could just come right up and it's like why'd you put tunnels under your stronghold like what (laughs) who yeah who thought of that
1: I think he wrote himself into a pickle. Like, he wrote himself (laughs) into a way that he was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Like, there's no way that these Urgles can, like, feasibly attack this place. So, like, let's do it underground. And, like, I will give it to him. It is kind of original, but it is heavily flawed from, like, the perspective of what? (coughs) Like. (laughs) Yeah, it took
2: multiple generations for the dwarves to build Trondheim yeah, like, it took multiple centuries. And in that time, nobody did any urban planning, yeah,
1: no, probably not. But Ugh. it doesn't. but my like question too, though, is is it's like why did has it taken them so long to find this?
2: Yeah. maybe they weren't
1: looking before, maybe. And maybe Aragon did lead them to the like the mountains, so they knew like, oh, okay, this was like where it the is
0: direction. oh in the tunnels, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: so I guess that's probably kind of where he's going with it. But it just seems just like a lot of, like, plot convenience. Yeah. But also just, like, a huge oversight in the mountain development.
0: A huge oversight in the mountain development. I could see it as, like... The reason they attack now is because they know Aragon's there yeah. and so they've been mm-hmm. preparing and preparing and preparing to face the Varden. Yeah. And then their attack date just got moved up earlier because they're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, we have to make sure True we take care of this problem before Aragon comes into his powers.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think also the twins have something to do with it, but I think we might come to that later. So That was the that's... biggest shock to me. Yeah. I <laughs> didn't
0: it's still a out that they what that they didn't sell su- that it wasn't them tricking him at the end there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah anyway i mean they were the
2: ones who told him he had to go back to Trondheim. yeah but yeah i was also going to bring that up that like maybe the reason like they knew how to get there and the reason they're doing it now is oh. whoever the traitor is in the varden yeah contacted them and told them yeah. right i don't know who that could possibly be <laughs> who could it be Yeah, it's probably Murtag. It's probably Murtag, yeah. (laughs) Oh, they let Murtag out of his
0: uh rich rich guy jail to fight in the battle. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Sorry, before we get to that, I just one very brief Mm -hmm. Severe confit in Ajahad's study.
1: I also am just (laughs) very confused at the size of this dragon.
2: Yeah. No, but this chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? All of our complicated dragon math was for nothing because we got like a pretty concrete size yeah. for Sephira in this chapter. Yeah. Aragon says that when he is on Sephira's back, he is too high up to fight a regular Urgle, but he can fight a Kull. And as yeah. we learned a couple chapters ago, Kull are all eight feet tall or higher, which means that Sephira is about eight feet tall at her shoulder and not, uh, 45 feet
0: which is what i yeah <laughs> well okay I so see the 44 feet though, <laughs> <Yeah>. or
1: whatever <laughs> like okay I,
0: I i did some math about this because i was oh, like you? okay a cull is eight feet or higher mm-hmm. aragon's sword is a long sword which makes it about 4.2 feet long roughly <laughs> air god being probably an averagely sized 16 year old uh-huh. when he's sitting right i had to do the math of like when he's sitting oh down god. where is his shoulder how long is his arm so oh arm plus sword from his shoulder how high would Saphira be so i think in order to be able to fight a cull who is eight feet tall saphira would be like 11 or 12 feet you know like 10 to 12 feet at the shoulder uh-huh. because Aragon yeah. can reach and he cannot reach a normal ergol. So okay. Sapir can't be shorter than that.
2: <laughs> yeah. So right? either way, she's sense? not. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah I, was oh, just, but...
2: I was just assuming that since Aragon's like sitting on her back anyway,
0: and we'll have to like lean to one side. Yeah. That's why I think maybe 12 feet is reasonable. And I just, I just want to say I opened my notes from the previous episode where I did math, and I had an estimate for Safira being around 13 feet tall at the shoulder. (laughs) Okay,
2: you're so good at math. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh. (laughs) Wow.
0: but that, but that was the one that we all agreed was not correct because that was the one where it was assuming her knee was the like upper digitigrade actual knee, right? instead of it being her, like,
2: backwards ankle. So is this, like, the thing where you use the wrong formula but still somehow
0: get the right answer? Well, I used the correct (laughs) biological term of knee to get this answer, and then when we decided they probably meant her backwards knee, she would be 31 feet tall. (laughs) Oh. Well, so what I'm saying is that Aragon is good at biology.
2: Yeah, so basically with a... All of the math we have done, Saphira is somewhere between eight and forty-five feet tall.
0: <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, a re- we have a really concise, close <laughs> estimate of <laughs> of maybe slightly taller <laughs> than like a one-story building, or, <laughs> or the size of a seven forty-seven. <laughs> yeah, you know, either are. Anyway, the important thing is that just, she can fit in had study for somehow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Maybe it's just her head. Maybe. Or maybe it was he definitely tall. Glossed over. Yeah. <laughs> like it never says she's actually in there. Yeah, it just I says didn't... they go together. Aragon talks to Ajuhad while they're there and then they're leaving together. <laughs> but it doesn't say she's inside.
2: Maybe she's outside.
0: Yeah. Just anyway. like
2: sitting on the stoop waiting for Aragon. Because nobody builds infrastructure for dragons except uh-huh. you know, do you in the talk about that a world.
1: little
0: bit.
2: <laughs> okay. No, I'm just thinking about I yep. Also, I'm pretty sure the elves have infrastructure for dragons later in the books, but that's no oh, nice. Not really here nor there at this point. I guess that's <laughs> fair. Yeah. Why would the dwarves have dragon infrastructure? If you think about it, they do have dragon armor, though. <laughs> uh, they do yeah. have dragon armor. Also, like, wow, how convenient that dragons grow consistently throughout their entire lives and the dragon armor they have just happens to fit Sephira perfectly. Like, that's pretty convenient.
0: Also, pretty convenient that they, uh, by the same logic, they have exactly Aragon sized armor.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that no one has ever worn. Just like someone made a full set of Aragon sized armor and was like, Uh "Eh." (laughs) oops, I grew while I was making this full set of mail (laughs) and.
0: whatever although i'm pretty sure it's got like i think the helm is made of silver which like it's silver silver and gold gold the two like easiest to break metals yeah like that seems like a bad
2: no gold is extremely heavy and extremely soft which seems like the two qualities you least want in a helmet yeah yeah but, you know, he's so strong and powerful, it's a thing. That's true. Extremely strong and powerful. Maybe it's just, like, gold and silver leaf. Yeah, maybe. It's gilded and... Arc- his, his whole body is hard, so... It's true. <laughs> he doesn't even need armor. He's just so hard.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Okay, anyway, can we go back to talking
2: about Zephira's armor? Because I think it's very interesting.
0: Yeah, talk about it.
2: It covers her entire neck except for the spikes along its ridge with triangular scales, heavy armor across her belly and chest, lighter pieces on her tail. Her legs and back are completely covered in the armor, but her wings are bare so she can fly, and she has a little helmet, which is extremely adorable to me. (laughs) But yeah. also, this armor is up to an inch thick and described as being extremely heavy, which makes me wonder yeah <laughs> how she can carry all that yep. when she struggled to carry three people.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maybe she's big and stronger now.
2: It's true. And she wasn't injured when she put it on, and she was injured when she was carrying three people.
0: That's true. That's a fair point. <sighs> mm-hmm maybe maybe
2: the armor is magic or maybe it's just like if the weight is more distributed rather than like directly above her shoulder joint yeah maybe makes sense. yeah maybe i don't know yeah
0: like maybe if it's all concentrated who like knows how it's
2: easier to wear a backpack if it also has like hip straps because you can distribute the weight as opposed to just carrying like a messenger bag full of
0: bricks like that kind of <laughs> <Yep>. sucks <laughs> yeah that kind of yep. sucks a lot <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's, like, I wonder if Saphira's magic is, like, a little bit tied up in if she's overthinking about it. <laughs> mm. You know, like, maybe there's... Sofia has anxiety. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like sometimes she just does stuff mm-hmm. without actively trying. And so if she's actively focusing or trying to do something, it's not as easy for her to do it. Like, maybe when she's focused on something else, she can magically, like, make herself able to carry mm. this heavy armor but when she's like oh my god i'm injured this armor is so heavy and then she gets in her own head and can't carry it as easily. <laughs> i don't know
2: i feel like that's probably not what's happening but i really
0: like it as a theory right yeah, agree. it's fun and <laughs> it's by fun, fun i mean not fun for
2: <laughs> yeah not fun yay but fun interesting yeah, yeah.
1: exactly hmm mm-hmm.
2: yeah cool armor also, yeah. Aragorn has armor, but we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> no, Aragorn just has guy armor. Some some armor for a dude for a guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he he and Arya help like collapse these tunnels with magic as they're like part of the preparations. I I feel like the magic as portrayed in this chapter acted differently than I thought it does. Did you guys have that
0: experience? Yeah, a little bit.
2: Yeah, because he. Talks about using deloy, which means compress the earth, but he like <laughs> sends the magic into the earth above the tunnels and he describes it as probing around with the magic feeling for weak spots in the rock.
0: Yeah. It's less like he says the words and the magic happens and more that he like sends his mind out yeah. through magic, which like you see in other books, but I don't know that we've yeah. seen it in this book before. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have much to say about it beyond that, but yeah, it's just yep. interesting that it seems to be acting differently than we've seen him using magic in the past. And maybe that's an inconsistency in the writing, or maybe that's Aragon becoming like stronger and more practiced at magic, that he's able to like be a little more connected to it rather than just unleashing it. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah.
0: Not me. It's certainly yeah, not me. No. No. Most importantly, Aragon doesn't get A friggin' onion with his meal. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty important. (laughs) (laughs) These are truly war rations. Yeah. (laughs) He gets bread and water and not a single whole onion.
2: (laughs) Oh, what a shame.
0: What a shame. (laughs) That's all I
2: had to say about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I ignored that part because I was like, oh, whatever. Battle rations. Safira gets dried meat.
0: My notes just say, "Damn, if only there was an onion."
1: (laughs) Why are they on
0: battle rations? If exactly, they're They're like,
1: yeah, like they're not under
0: siege.
1: It doesn't make any sense. Like they should have a normal food supply. Like,
0: yeah i don't i don't know and it's they're like... not
2: even like in the fight at this point they're oh, yeah. just waiting around and they're like you know what while you wait you get one piece of bread
0: <laughs> Which, one bread
1: <laughs> like if you're in a situation where your soldiers can be well fed before a fight like yeah. you mm-hmm. should well you feed them well like don't put them on rations until you absolutely have to right yeah, yeah. they get
0: bread and then they get a lot of wine <laughs>
1: Which so stupid.
0: A being passed around.
2: Yeah, that's what you want before a fight, right? For everybody yeah. to be drunk. Yep. So you know you're at your best.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just gonna have wine hangovers, and it's gonna be horrible for everyone. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's why they're good getting
2: only bread. Be like, listen, you gotta soak up the wine a little. <laughs> yeah.
1: Even one piece of bread though is not gonna do much.
2: No. It truly isn't.
1: No. no,
2: Their preparations for this battle is, like, they're collapsing all of these tunnels, but they leave three of them open to, like, funnel the Urgals onto the plains surrounding Trondheim that apparently exist. Yeah. And then they set up, like, a bunch of lanterns, cauldrons of pitch, stakes, trenches, barricades, and, like, a bunch of other, like, classic fantasy battleship.
0: Yeah. I just feel like they could have maybe planned to kill more of them while they were bottlenecked, you know? Yeah, Probably. it didn't
2: seem... <laughs> Like, they took very good advantage once the battle starts in the next chapter of like the three bottleneck points.
1: No, they like dump some pitch
2: on them, and the Urgles are like, ah, and then they just kind of come out of the holes and start running all over the place.
0: Yeah, for like the battle center for the Varden, they don't really seem prepared for battle. No,
2: (laughs) no, I guess they probably weren't expecting to be found in Farthendor. Yeah,
0: maybe they have, like,
2: armed strongholds elsewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I guess part of why the battle happens as it does, with kind of short notice as the Urgles are surprise attacking from the tunnels, is that they need to make a point of saying that the elves and their allies in Cerda are too far away to help, so it has to have the extra tension of, like, ooh, it's only them. It's only them. That's a good point. Yeah. But... Like you said, they're still not very prepared, even for it just being them. <laughs> for
0: anything at all. No.
2: Complacent. Yeah. Except they have a ton of pitch that they can just dump on Urgles, so,
0: like, that's yeah. good at least. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> what even is pitch? <laughs> oh my god, okay, I looked it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to talk about it in the next chapter because that's. But oh, I've already kinda... moved on, baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we skipped the whole part where Aragorn's a head about Arya, but. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's pretty about her in this next chapter
0: too, though. So we can come back we to can, it. We can come back to it. Yeah. So pitch is a resin from plants. Uh huh. And that's really as far as I got because that's really all there is to know about pitch. What kind of plants? Just like a lot of them, apparently. <laughs> uh, I guess it depends. Like what kind of? It's just called resin and you can get it from various plants. But the important thing <laughs> is that pitch is like heavily used in various early thermal weaponry. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, sort of exactly like this, where you dump boiling pitch or throw pitch and then light it on fire. But there oh. was this... I don't know how to pronounce this. The Bo... Boetians? developed a fire machine. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> which was basically like they had a cauldron of coals, pitch, and sulfur suspended at the end of a hollow log, and at the other end was a set of bellows. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and they just like shot this fiery pitch at people. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my that's god. horrifying. That sounds right? awful. It's, it's a terrible thing to
2: encounter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sephira hasn't breathed fire yet, so I guess
0: yeah. the Varden is gonna have to do it. They're gonna have to come up with their own. Mm-hmm. That's really all I looked up about pitch.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's still something.
0: Yeah,
2: hot resin that you can use to make a flamethrower or burn noodles yeah. to death.
0: What exactly. else do you need to know? Yeah, I mean, like I'm assuming it's just you know resin like from cedar trees or whatever the hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: My note about the start of the battle says it starts with dumping boiling pitch on some Urgles, then lighting them on fire, and then shooting them with arrows. Yikes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Accurate.
2: (laughs) Oh, and then they start getting impaled on stakes shortly thereafter.
0: Yeah. But then they start
2: doing really well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. But after that.
2: I guess they do take some advantage of the initial bottleneck, but there's just so many Urgles that they just keep coming. Yeah. It feels very orc as someone who hasn't watched Lord of the Rings in many years or read the books in even many or years. It feels very much like a bunch
0: of beasts acting for the collective. That's what I was going to say. It's like a a hive mind more than. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm assuming is just the training that they, the cull undergo where it's probably like, oh, it doesn't really matter what happens to any one cull. All that Mm -hmm. matters is that you win the battle mm-hmm. which is like interesting because i feel like orcs tolkien orcs that kind of makes sense for them because they're like made or whatever the ones the urukai are like made yeah and so it's like okay well that kind of makes sense that they would be made this way but like the Urgles are like a people
2: <laughs> yeah they're just some guys like <laughs> <Just> some guys <laughs> it did sort of make me wonder uh, as i mentioned in the summary there's like no clear leader and yeah. Paulini, like, makes a point of emphasizing that there's no obvious leader among the Urgles. But then at the end of the chapter, like, the Shade shows up. So I wonder if part of the reason the Urgles are, like, acting so oh. hive and unusually is, like, maybe they're being mind-controlled in some way uh, yeah. by the Shade?
1: I would believe that. I would,
2: too. I don't remember, which is why I'm speculating. But it You could mean, be something like, like that. from
0: future books? Yes, sorry. Did they mention it? Yeah, okay. I was like, I don't think they say it in this one. No.
2: That makes sense, though. It would make it more interesting, at least.
0: Yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. I'm a fan of that. I'll sign it.
2: Yes. Maybe we'll find out in the epilogue what the (laughs) Urgles do after the Shade dies, because we definitely don't find out in these chapters.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, because if that was the theory, then realistically they would, like, break out of that mind control yeah so then what's gonna happen
2: yeah like what do they do yeah do they start fleeing maybe that'd be fun that would be fun it also seems like i guess we don't know what happens in the epilogue but it feels like aragon's fight at the end of this chapter with the shade is like happening pretty independently of the battle outside yeah so like how does that wrap up i guess i'm getting really
0: ahead of myself
1: (laughs) yeah just a bit (laughs) That's okay.
0: I want to talk about Aragon being a piece of shit about Yeah. Him. I mean, oh my God. he is many times, but yes. Uh, it's so, like, it even starts with Aragon being, like, he knew that he shouldn't, like, expect it. But Arya didn't leave with the other women out of Farthendur. Which, first of all, why are there no, like, women fighters?
2: Yeah. Why have none of the
0: rebels in exile women learned how Surely to fight? Surely there are some. One would assume. You would hope. Because that's kind of half your force. You could yeah. double your
2: numbers with women. And even, like, the warriors protecting the women and children of the- as they leave the city are all, like, young boys and old men. And it's like, so they yeah. didn't even, like, give a sword to, like, a 25-year-old lesbian.
0: <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> I feel like
2: that could work for you. Maybe yeah. it's just me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's, I think, falling back onto, like, old fantasy tropes again, right? Because it's, like, it's the but same it thing sucks. Lord of the Rings does, where it's, like, Arwen is an elf, and she's kind of considered, like, a warrior, a fighter, but then you have Eowyn, yeah. who is, like, refused to fight and forced yeah. into the hold with all the women and children, but then she's the one yeah, who kills she the witch no king because she's a badass. But it, it it's just, like... I'm not. I wasn't even shocked on reading it. That's the thing. Like, I think I'm just so immune yeah. to it because I'm just like, it's so typical. And I was like, at least Aragon acknowledged he was being a dummy, but he's still a dummy.
0: So. But then he yeah. still says, "Oh, it's too dangerous." Yeah, yeah. I,
1: it, he does ruin it. But it, it, just, it's yeah, unfortunate that it just falls into the typical,
0: yeah, trope. yeah. Like, did the did the dragons never pick? human women <laughs> they oh they must right? not have yeah i guess oh i hate that
2: me right? too like, now that i'm thinking I'm about thinking. it
1: <laughs> yeah because i always just assumed it like they picked men and women no matter what but that's a good point it was probably just elves
0: yeah like i mean maybe it will be revealed that one of but like i don't i'm assuming not <laughs> yeah mm. <Nah. laughs> yeah i don't like it Anyway, I know this like specific interaction, I feel like I've seen in other fantasy novels where it's like the women are fighting and the men are also fighting and you get Mm -hmm. a scene that's like, instead of being like, it's too dangerous and I love you, you should stay away. It's more like, I'm worried about you. I wish you would stay away. You know, like it's yeah, it's fair to tell someone like I'm worried about you i wish Mm -hmm. you wouldn't fight Mm -hmm. but like to understand that like but it's your choice (laughs) (laughs) i just think i want you to know that i'm scared (laughs) it's like okay that's fine
1: (laughs) i also like it though when it's like both parties in the relationship yeah exactly it you know like it's not just the the man to the woman which is what we typically see but it's like even if you have like a man to a man or a woman to a woman like or man woman but it's like mutual like you're both like
0: this really yeah. sucks that we have to fight in this it's like we both wish the other one yeah yeah wasn't right? there but yeah so
1: yeah anyway uh, it's yeah. just it's so typical <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: i like that Arya called him out for it
1: yeah yeah as she but then should. she
2: immediately also ruined it she was yeah. like, I'm a better warrior than you. I am fully capable. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you tell him. And then she goes, I don't run and hide like you're mewling females or whatever. And I was like, Ugh. yeah, it's like,
0: what did they? <laughs> Were they given oh, a is choice? That what she-
1: Does she say you're mealing females?
0: You're helpless females. Yeah. Oh,
1: I totally missed that. My brain was like, yeah, you tell Maria And I did not realize no, she, she was also it. kind of
0: being the worst.
2: Because everybody in this book, including the women, is misogynistic, which I'm not yeah. super on board with.
0: I feel like I wouldn't, I'm sort of hoping the only way this turns around is, like, to show one of the ways that Aragon is, like, the hero or the good guy is, like, he encourages people to, like, train their women or something. You know, he's like, you know what, everyone should have a chance or whatever. But it's kind of just (laughs) they haven't yet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm super not a fan of. (laughs) Yeah that anyway like maybe some of
2: the women don't want to be warriors and that's fine yeah surely some of them do don't
0: want to be warriors
2: yeah like giving the little boys in the group of like women and children swords and is probably less effective than giving those swords to the adult women
0: yeah yeah Yeah. anyway
1: But he had to it's make fine. this battle very Helm's Deep-esque. And that's what in Helm's yeah, Deep yes. they did. They gave it all to the little boys and the old men
0: and uh-huh. locked away one of their best warriors. Yep. Yeah. So it's fine. I just yep. realized that I didn't write battle under Farthendur for this chapter title. I wrote battle under the mountain because oh. my brain was already <laughs> in Tolkien. <laughs> oh Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Like I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I just I was just looking like, at my nose. So I was like, wait, why did I write Battle Under the Mountain? I was like, because I was thinking about Tolkien. I was thinking about Already the Hobbit. Assuming. Yeah, I was thinking about the Hobbit. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh Angela shows up. Angela oh shows yeah.
1: Up. It's that so was good. the best part.
0: And she has like the coolest weapon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Angela has like a I think it's called a glaive or a Hmm. sword staff. Like I was trying to look up what this weapon was. Sorry. No, she doesn't have that because everything I found only has one blade on one end. Yeah. So like she has a staff with like a blade on either end and everything I looked up was like, that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) uh (laughs) Like the closest I could find was I think a glaive. It's like basically just a, sword on the end of a staff and sometimes they would put a hook on the other end to like hook riders off of horses
2: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah i don't know what this double-ended sword staff is other than it sounding cool yeah i found <laughs> a thing that uh was like
2: what is a staff in D with blades on both ends called and i was like yeah i also want to know and then the elaboration on the question was in Aragon. There's an herbalist that uses a staff weapon.
1: <laughs> amazing, <laughs> uh,
0: classic. <laughs> yeah,
2: and then the responses are all like, "That's a bad idea." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> so it's a cool video game weapon.
0: Yeah, I uh, the way it was described, I was like, "Oh, this sounds like a weapon." that one of the characters in tomorrow pierce uses and i was like well i'll just look up the thing that's in tomorrow pierce and then maybe someone will have asked like what is this in real life and then i was like oh tomorrow pierce just like actually used a real thing in japanese (laughs) (laughs) it's just a real weapon because she like there's the there's like a group the yamini i think and they're like basically fantasy medieval japan and Apparently, she just took real Japanese things. I was like, that yeah. makes sense, because she's taking yeah. real European things. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Makes
2: sense. Still yeah. doesn't really
0: help us, but... Doesn't really help, because it's also just one blade. But anyway, that was just a fun aside for me. What's <laughs> a fun aside? <laughs> to to talk tomorrow about appears. tomorrow appears. Of course. <laughs> you gotta.
2: Yeah, and Solombum is also there. He has a small black dagger.
0: Yeah, Aww. it's so cute. Ominous.
2: Yeah, I feel like, I I mean, it's literally just one paragraph with the two of them in it. So and Bum gets a line, but imagine (laughs) you're like a man in this main culture, like fighting in a battle. And then out of the corner of your eye, you see a small child with pointy teeth and a knife, just like stabbing (laughs) people in the back of the neck.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love that. Of course, Sam would be like, oh, a small black dagger. Oh, that's adorable. (laughs) 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 I didn't even think of that. I just thought it was
1: cute. Okay.
0: <laughs> Sam just likes daggers.
1: <laughs> How dare you call me out like that?
0: <laughs> Again, That's what this podcast is for. <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> part of this battle, for part of it, Aragon and Safira are on the ground, kind of like I don't know, causing carnage in a circle. And then sometimes they go up in the sky to like get a breather or take a look around or. Saphira starts doing, like, very silent, low-level, like, swoops on yeah. batches of ergles from behind. And maybe this is just the, like, nitpicky part of this podcast, but I got so caught up on the fact that she can apparently fly and land silently, which is, like, a difficult thing to do. Like, owls are kind of known as the thing that flies silently, Because they have a ton of, like, specialized physiology that allows them to be silent in flight. Uh, And flapping wings produces turbulence, which causes sound. So, like, does Sephira have special feathers? Or, like, I wonder if she has, like, not cilia, but some kind of, like, fleshy (laughs) (laughs) feather structures, like, on the leading Ah. and trailing edges of her wings to allow her to, like, break up the... Turbulence of the air and like absorb some of the sound, like owl feathers do. I
0: I was wondering if it's because it never says that she's silent. It does in I'm the just first chapter. Does it? It does. It's it uses the adjective silently. Oh, I thought it was just avoiding detection and then stealth. Because because what I was thinking is that it's like a war. She's probably yeah. just quieter than the sound of fighting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Uh, pterosaurs have pycnofibers. Oh, (laughs) that's the word
2: I was looking for.
0: Maybe she has those. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Can you explain those to the non-dinosaur people?
0: (laughs) Yeah, pycnofibers (laughs) are more like hair. Okay. Like, so they're like pterosaurs were probably fuzzy, and that fuzz is essentially hair but they're they're I think they're adapted scales okay oh yeah well because reptiles don't have
2: hair but they do have feathers sometimes
0: yeah I'm just trying to remember because I think pycnofibers and feathers evolved from different things oh really but I think it might just be like pycnofibers evolved from like osteoderms or something I mean, it sounds right. (laughs) What matters is that it's fur. (laughs) Yeah. Aww. I love the idea of Sephira
2: like, having a couple of feathers or some fur.
0: Yeah. Because then that would also help, like, break up the edge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, part of what
2: the feather shape of, or on owls does, is it, like, breaks up the air, which allows it to flow more smoothly. Yeah. And then there's, like, fringe along the trailing edge that, I guess, like, absorbs some of the noise and helps, like, streamline the airflow over the shape of the wing. Neat. Which, like, uh, apparently in Owls, there's, like, a ton of, like, tiny little adaptations that all work together to make Silent Flight. And they clearly, like, evolved carefully over millions of years. But if Sephira magicked her wings on, then she wouldn't be very quiet.
0: Oh, they would but, just she wings. but she magicked her front legs on. She, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So right. I
2: guess she would have had her wing adaptations already.
0: Yeah. Because if we think that the way they hunted, right? We've talked mm-hmm. about this. Like, if she was diving to hit a deer or whatever, mm-hmm. then it would make sense that on that dive, she would want to be silent.
2: Yeah. And that's, like, one of the theories for why owls evolved silent flight is it tends to be more pronounced in species that hunt mammals or species with like keener hearing Mm. so like if you are trying to ambush something from above you don't want it to be able to hear you right so i feel like this is this is my long-winded roundabout way of saying (laughs) that i feel like this supports the idea that they were like hunters with magic front legs
0: (laughs) yeah that she hunted that dragons hunted dwarves who have good hearing
2: Yep. Because mm-hmm. they live yes. in the dark. Because <laughs> they live underground and yeah. Earth transmits sound waves really well. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that theory.
0: <laughs> anyway.
2: Yeah, should we just go straight into the fight with Dirza?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, you right. already mentioned the slide, which the was slide. the best part. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> but it took 10 minutes. It took 10 minutes? <laughs> it took so ten, long. 10 minutes. <laughs> Like, why? What, what the can hell you imagine?
0: we talk about genre issues in
1: <laughs> But that's like, can you imagine just being in a battle and then, like, <laughs> having to go take a 10-minute ride down a slide? I like, hope, I hope
0: there's, like, dwarf elevator music playing at the same time. <laughs>
1: that's all I could think do of do when you, I read do it. Do. Yeah, it was, like it was just, like, like going down this slide, just being like, doot, doot, do, 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 do yeah
0: (laughs) that's the jeopardy that is jeopardy i realize (laughs) i was seeing girl from ipanema
1: yeah
2: (laughs) both good waiting sounds (laughs) (laughs) i wrote uh there's an opportunity for math here because the fact that it takes him 10 minutes and he says he accelerates almost instantly and like the side is super polished he's on a leather mat there's like a low coefficient of friction he like lies back to make himself like super aerodynamic i'm like we could probably like do some math to figure out how tall this is based on this time yeah. but um i didn't i just i don't I didn't know that to. you could
0: <laughs> yeah someone
2: could do that for sure i definitely <laughs> could have done it in grade 11 when i was uh, in a physics class but i haven't yeah. done physics in 10 years
0: <laughs> Physics <Yep>. is hard
2: <laughs> yeah it was not my forte Me neither.
0: literally we probably could have just looked up like how fast does a child go going down a slide? And that probably would have been a pretty close. <laughs> estimate. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. but then we'd have to, like, account for the shape of the slide. I, anyway, I did sure. think a lot about it. I just didn't do it.
0: <laughs> you, just, uh, <laughs> you just exerted a lot of brain power on thinking about how someone might do it.
2: How someone might do it. I thought about doing it, and then I was like, No. It made me as dizzy as Aragon is by the time he gets
0: yeeted out oh the bottom god, of the yeah. slide across <laughs> the floor. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I would be throwing up.
2: Oh my god! <laughs> like the mental image of Aragon being like, "Oh my god, it's so important I get to the base of this mountain quickly," and then he goes down a death slide for ten minutes, and then has to spend another several minutes just like sitting on the floor waiting to <laughs> yeah, stop spinning lying down. <laughs> it's like okay,
0: uh... extremely dignified. <laughs> Yeah, and then he gets there and the twins are not talking to him, They're which is MIA. so sus. <laughs> oh my god,
2: I don't trust those guys.
0: Not yeah, at honestly, all. Honestly, I was expecting Aragon would get down there and Durza would be waiting for him. Like, that's what mm. I was expecting, that the twins just straight up lured him into a trap. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still not convinced that that wasn't the case. Me too, I'm pretty sure they did. I, mis- I think they did, but in their defense they didn't (laughs) lie they're like we think Durza's coming up or we think the Urgles are coming up through the floor and yeah he and and Arya did need to go there to stop them (laughs) yeah so they could conceivably not (laughs) have led him into a trap except now they're not talking to him yeah and now they're not there I think it's a trap I think so too they're very sus well
2: and like how would the shade know to come out exactly there where Aragon was
0: yeah exactly yeah, mm-hmm. I mean he's got magic.
2: Yeah, maybe he can like feel where Aragon is with his magic.
0: Or like, I do he could like feel where in each
2: other's brains. Tronchheim
0: is, is more what I was thinking. Okay, fine. But <laughs> <laughs> he
2: might be able to feel the uh the crystal. It hasn't come up in this book, but like later on in the trilogy or in the series rather, you find out that you can like store a lot of magical energy in crystals. So oh. there could be like a shit ton of magic in that crystal and maybe he could yeah. feel it. Maybe that. Maybe. Or just in who knows. all of
0: Tronchheim's crystals. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out uh when we all collectively read the rest of the series, right? Oh Sam? yeah,
0: for sure, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said Sam as though it was obvious that I definitely would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> of to will.
1: what I mean, there was a higher betrayal. chance of you continuing it than me. That's a good point. <laughs> I've been very upfront about my feelings towards the writing style of this
0: book. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sam is very. Maybe it gets probably. better the way that most child books.
1: <laughs> I'm honestly just glad I didn't buy his adult book because I really wanted to because the cover was really pretty. It is. <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't waste my <laughs> money now, though. Now knowing yeah. Uh, but I'm sure I'm sure his writing has gotten it's better. Been, it's probably, probably changed in fifteen years. I was going to say
0: it's been closer to twenty.
1: I would yeah. hope so, but I also did not see a single good review for the book. So oh, fair. Yeah. Anyways.
0: Mm- anyway. Anyways. Aragon fights Dursa.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I
2: appreciate that he at least has like the presence of mind to be like, I'm not going to win this fight. I need to contact Safira immediately and like ask for help. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, good, good call." And then he's like, "Well, end to the battle." And I was like, "Okay, yeah. well. <laughs> got
0: halfway there. Maybe you should run away. <laughs> Maybe you should leave. <laughs> leave." Yeah, and then, surprising nobody, all the stuff he learned about doing a magical fight comes home to roost. <laughs> yep, sure does. <laughs>
2: Durza gets in his brain, and Aragon is like, Ah, get out of my brain. And then he somehow pushes back and gets into Durza's brain. Yep. And sees his tragic backstory. Ugh, uh, so tragic. Yeah. It's extremely original. Uh, he was like a little boy from a nomad clan. His family was outcast. Then his family was murdered. And he was taken in by a kindly old man who taught him to do magic, who was also then murdered. Yeah. A story none of us have ever seen before. No. Never. <laughs>
0: Then he got inhabited by the spirits that he had summoned. Yep. (laughs) From somewhere. From somewhere. (laughs) From wherever the spirits are. And whatever spirits are.
2: Yeah. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter. (laughs) He almost kills Aragorn. This comes up again later in the books, but you wouldn't know about it. But he like cuts him real bad across the back and Aragorn is like, holy shit, that hurts. Uh,
0: Perhaps like with a Nazgul blade. (laughs) Yeah. Again, extremely original. Uh huh. Yeah, and then Sephira breaks <laughs> the very expensive star sapphire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, huh? Did it not immediately also kill Aragon <laughs> to have these like crystal shards plummeting down at him?
2: <laughs> I think. Do, uh, I think Arya does magic to protect him.
0: Oh, Okay, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like Aragon is half unconscious, which makes things a little unclear as we're reading from his perspective. That, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but he does say that it like seems that the crystals like stop falling towards him. And I'm assuming that it's Arya doing magic.
0: Yeah. And yeah. um wow. Seeing a Sephira in danger, Aragon has the strength to do a Brisinger <laughs> surprising. <laughs> <laughs> wow!
2: What a good time! I turned it into a verb, and I said that Aragon Brisingers the shade through the heart.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean he does.
2: He does. It is again yeah. very like Harry Potter. Yeah, which I was gonna like, say, uh, yeah. I almost like
0: an Expelliarmus. But... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then Durza is just uh, a ghost. <laughs> Yeah, he his
2: skin goes transparent and reveals that it has, in fact, been some sort of weird fleshy exoskeleton for the, like, yeah. demon ghosts which in his body. What,
0: which is what we hypothesized. <laughs> it's we did. That rude I thought we were joking. That the ghost just goes somewhere else and regrows a fleshy
1: exoskeleton.
0: <laughs> Ew. But also,
2: he makes a point of mentioning that, like, The swirling patterns of darkness below the skin are neither flesh nor bone. So, like, why do you have to stab him through the heart if there isn't a heart in there anymore?
0: A mystery. (laughs) Truly. Uh, What were you
1: gonna say, Sam? (laughs) I was gonna say, we also weren't 100% sure as to whether or not spirits were, in fact demon type spirits or alcohol so oh, yeah oh, true yeah because <laughs> i know. did just re-listen to this episode and we okay, did good. leave with some uncertainty so at least now now we know we have been answered
2: <laughs> now we know he's possessed with demons and not alcoholism. And not <laughs> alcohol <laughs> uh, amazing oh, yeah it's dramatic his skin just like or his i guess skin
0: suit rips
2: in half <laughs> and all of the darkness like coalesces into three separate entities that just like piece off into the sky
0: yeah that probably won't come back later definitely not. like
2: they're out but the is the
0: shade is now dead
2: but like the spirits
0: are still there i guess to possess another future shade yeah maybe there's like i don't know they all enter into some part of the human being that is in the heart (laughs) And then once uh-huh. that breaks, um, they get out and can't go back in.
2: They can't get. They can't go. Well, because that their heart isn't. It doesn't exist now. Mm-hmm. they metaphorically go in the heart. Or
1: uh-huh. maybe they like congregate to form like a heart-like substance Ooh. or structure, Ooh, yeah. right? Like yeah. maybe gather. Yeah, like that's where they all gather within the meaty exoskeleton <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And so it's like, that's why you have to stab them right in the heart, because really, like, the spirits aren't anywhere else in the body, so it doesn't matter. But if you get all Mm -hmm. of them in the center, then it's like, bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.
2: I guess, yeah, like, the chest of a person is extremely central and very well protected by the Mm -hmm. skeleton. So I guess even if you're not a fleshy heart and you are, in fact, a dark entity, it's still a pretty protected place to be
0: yeah
1: i would say proximal yeah.
2: to all of the limbs
1: <laughs> it's like either that or in the head but like yeah i i feel like in this situation it would make more sense if it was the head just because it's like oh I agree. it's the spirits like controlling them but i don't know he's supposed to be like a vampire the most common vampire
0: mythos is you have to stab mm. him through a heart so
1: Good whatever I'll yeah take it. i was
0: also thinking it's like cats cats shy, cats shy i don't actually know how to say it the like russian uh-huh. myth about like the guy who uh, has a magical heart that you have to stab if you do anything else. Oh,
1: I have he heard that. He can't be killed.
0: It's like the it's the one like he has a magical realm inside a maze, and he always steals the prettiest women in the whole world. Oh, I've never heard this. You haven't heard Me that either. one? Okay. No, it's well. interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then he falls asleep. Aragon does. <laughs> yeah
1: totally he fall asleep. asleep or pass out <laughs> definitely he might die he, he might, might just die. straight up be dead he might be dead is yeah. he gonna is this gonna pull a Jon snow on us oh wait that's oh. a spoiler um Anyways,
0: i think if people <laughs> haven't yeah, if anyone
2: cared about game of thrones that's they true would know already
0: people yeah. get really
1: like upset about it but yeah anyways People do get upset about Game of Thrones. (laughs) Yeah, but I was more wondering is it gonna. I don't know what the epilogue is bringing, so I'm like, is it gonna be like. It's this uncertainty of whether Aragorn is alive or not? Like, obviously, we know he is because there's other books, but (laughs) Uh at the time of this coming out, I'm sure there would have been like some uncertainty. I don't know.
2: I feel like you just gotta assume that he's still alive because no fantasy book before now has killed the protagonist, so. Uh-huh. Obviously, I at mean, the end, and there's nothing original. I guess Lord of well, the Rings sort of killed Frodo.
1: Well, I was going to say, Game of Thrones, we established, came out before this, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, but they it, didn't
2: kill, like, the POV characters. Yeah,
1: they did. Did
2: they? Which one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have no memory of this,
1: clearly. Ned. Ned Stark is, was like... Was he a, a POV character? He's a POV in the first book, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> was
0: he? well read the he first is, yeah. Anyway. so did
1: I he's, <laughs> just I've like Jon
2: Snow I know nothing
1: it's yeah. like Eddard, Sansa there's a few of them but he's definitely one of the POV characters in that first book and he is
0: dead by the end I remember, remember? him dying was the reason I didn't read the next book because I was oh. like well f*** this yeah, <laughs> yeah <fair. laughs> anyway Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well do we wanna are we done do we wanna guess what happens in the epilogue <laughs> I guess. I guess. (laughs) Are we done talking about the chapters of this book? I had nothing else. Technically, the next chapter is not even called the epilogue. So it's technically just another chapter. It is technically just just, the epilogue. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to guess what happens in the one chapter at the end of the book. It's called the morning sage. Like morning, like sad. (laughs) Sad (laughs) mourn. Not like the morning time. (laughs) Uh
1: Um. That's a... That's not, like, an obvious chapter title, like, for the first
0: time. Unless Aragorn's dead. Well, that's what I mean. They're mourning him. But we know he's not dead. Do we? Okay, fine. Maybe he's (laughs) dead.
1: But wasn't there... Wait, wasn't Hemlock the, like, ritual state... Or ritual um, herb for death?
0: (laughs) Yeah, true. Hmm. Maybe it means Sage like a smart person.
1: Or maybe Sage is, like, part of the dwarfs ritual or the elves ritual yeah. or something. Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: I have no idea. <laughs> I remember what this is referring to, so I shouldn't say.
1: <laughs> I'm assuming That's this is going to end on some sort of cliffhanger, though, so I don't think we're going to get all the answers we want or need. Or, like, actually, I don't even know. What are the answers? that I. Want? <laughs> what do
0: I want what to know? What answers do you
1: want, Sam? I don't know. I'm assuming
0: something needs to happen... That drives the beginning of the next book. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also, it like, could just end in a cliffhanger. I guess, yeah, it could end on a cliffhanger of Aragorn being hurt, maybe. Or it could be, like, Arya and him have to
1: escape on Sephira, and then... Oh, yeah. Maybe the Varden get destroyed? Like, maybe the Urgles win? Oh, yeah. Ooh. I was thinking, like, they...
2: Still have to like wrap up what happens to the Urgles after Aragorn yeah. and the Shade
0: mutually kill each other. Yeah, hopefully they do tell us what happens yeah, to the door, but maybe yeah. they don't. <laughs> Guess we'll see.
1: Guess we'll see. We'll find, see. Out.
0: We'll find out. Two weeks. Cool. Well, let's talk about what else we're reading. I am apparently a person who reads nonfiction now only. <laughs> Ooh. I'm just. I love nonfiction. Listen, I'm having a hard time with fiction at the moment <laughs> i don't know funny. why anyway i uh just to shout out some books i read i read the end of everything by katie mack the end of everything in brackets astrophysically speaking which was hard <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to get through i would stop paying attention for 10 seconds and i'd be like i don't know what this is happening anymore <laughs> but it was good and it was written very entertainingly same with i also read humans a brief history of how we Fucked <laughs> it all up
2: yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, it was very fun.
2: Oh, I love well, the audiobook
0: of that. Yeah. It was really good. I liked yeah. the person reading it very much. Yeah, it's was it was a great good, really good job. But then I also want to shout out Ducks, Two Years in the Oil Sands by Kate Beaton. It's a graphic novel. Kate Beaton is one of my favorite, I guess, previously, comic artists. And I really liked this graphic novel, even though it was a very different <laughs> <laughs> and Kind of rough, oh. but it was good. Yeah. Would recommend all three of those books.
1: Nice. Well, carrying on from your nonfiction trend, I also read a nonfiction book called Entangled Life How Fungi Make Our Worlds Change Our Minds and Shape Our Futures, which was cool. It was pretty good. It loses a point because it also mentioned Richard Dawkins, but uh, yeah, but <laughs> other than that, decent. And then I decided to read Go Hex Yourself, which is a Halloween rom-com book that is clearly, uh, Reylo fan fanfiction. <laughs> was it the best book I ever read? No. Did I have a fun time? Eh, I mean, sometimes. <laughs> also Will no. I read the second one? Maybe. We'll see. Uh, it wasn't that great. Like, it was just, it wasn't very well written, but it was, <laughs> it was fine. You know, like it was fine anyways and other than that i started my mission of trying to read rhythm of war by brandon sanderson again and actually made my way through the first part of it which Ooh. is 277 pages of 1200 so wow <laughs> doing great <laughs> so many that's very long It's so long, but I've now put it back down. It's going to take a break for again, because I have to read our October book, which is when we're recording this, which is The Lies of Loclamora. So that is my next book in Rhythm of War. We'll just take a little break for a while yay i hope you like it this time <laughs> i don't it wasn't that i didn't like it the first time it's that i was not in the mindset to read that like kind of fantasy when i first yeah, picked it it's up kind of a lot <laughs> yeah so i think i'm definitely in the better mindset to read it this time because the first time i was like moving changing jobs and a new relationship like all this stuff and i was just like oh what is going on <laughs> <laughs> so i have i have high hopes i think i will like it yeah i hope yeah. so yeah
2: I've read a couple books since we last recorded. None of them were nonfiction, though. They're mostly sci-fi fantasy. Nice. And I would like to give a shout out for A Prayer for the Crown Shy by Becky Chambers, which is the sequel to A Psalm for the Wild Built, which you might remember me talking about. I think. Yes. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Earlier. (laughs) Also very good. And then I am so close to being finished jade legacy which is book three in the *Greenbone* saga by fonda lee and i just started listening to a man called uva by frederick bachman because oh, he nice. is swiftly becoming one of my favorite authors
1: my boyfriend nice. liked that book so i think you'll like yes it. he did yes
2: so far uva is an unlikable curmudgeon but i have a feeling that's the point
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> <he's>
2: <laughs> yeah I'm sure I will love him by the end, but it's it's got a little bit of like the beginning of the house in the Cerulean Sea vibes, where it's like, I actually don't like this guy very much, oh, but yeah. I feel <laughs> like I'm going to grow to love him. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun related content on social media. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website,
1: midlightpod.podbean.com
2: and on YouTube.
1: And Aragon, like me, in the seventh hour of my meeting today, (laughs) he shook himself to alertness and tried to focus through his stupor. (laughs) Poor Sam. (laughs) That's so many hours. That's so rough. I have seven more hours tomorrow. Oh my God. (laughs)